Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Mountain Podcast. Certainly glad you've joined us today. We're having a special discussion. Uh, Usually what we like to do is discuss some of the topics that either Pastor Samuel or someone has talked about um, in the weeks happening at the mountain as a sermon series. But I wanted to talk about something very special today. But before I get started with that, I want to say hello to my co-host, my friend. He is the lead pastor of the Mountain Church. That is Mr. Samuel Goulet. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, brother. Hey, brother. How are you? Dude, I'm great, man. How are you? I'm a little full. We had a delicious Costco lunch, yep. and I'm trying not to barf, but I'm doing well. That's good, man. Uh, so we're talking all about honor today. Um, I brought a very special guest here with us to talk all about honor. She is someone who I believe has nailed honor down to a finite point. Yeah. And she is amazing, and she is wonderful. She is the Kairos director here at the International Church of Las Vegas. Even though she's shaking her head no, ladies and gentlemen, Tana Witten. Hi guys, Tana. Tana. <laughs> Welcome. So this is going to be fun to see if I can get through this without laughing because you guys are hilarious. Laugh all you want. You yeah. know, our last guest, Jessica Goulet, said the same thing, and she, she she barely laughed. Yeah. She barely laughed. That, oh. It's because we're not funny. No, you're funny all the time. <laughs> we're not as funny as we think we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, crack I think you, you guys are funny. You crack me up. Well, Tana, I know that Tana is like a big sister to us. Um, she's definitely navigated. She's good at navigating through things with myself and learning honor. And one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about honor today is because, man, I hate how the word honor is used in today's society. I can't stand it. And I'm someone who does love to honor people, but I feel that honor has gone awry. Is that the right word, Samuel? Awry or Sure, buddy, if that's what it's you want just, to say. I, I think some of it is um, we have a failure to have a clear definition or universal yes. definition for what honor means. And there's a lot of people who would answer um, or define honor as a place of privilege or valor or something having to do with integrity. You think of men in uniform and the military, and that's honor. But, you know, giving a preferential seat to somebody coming, you know, who's a guest, that is also honor when... You know, the definition, I have tried to aim my heart and the students at Kairos' hearts after looks uh, completely different than than that idea. Yeah, because I see nowadays, and maybe this is a generational thing, maybe it's because I'm a millennial, <laughs> but anytime I hear the word honor, it's more authoritarian than it is actually like maybe a collaboration. It's this, oh, you didn't do something for me. You didn't honor me or you didn't do what I told you to do. Therefore, you're not honoring me. No, you feel like it's a word that's used to label, to seek compliance. Yes. Mm, That's interesting. Why? Uh, Because for me, honor is something that uh, each party in a relationship has the privilege and the responsibility to hold for themselves and to give to the other. Wow. Like my definition of honor looks more like uh, lending the strength of who you are and what you carry to the success of another, like you contributing your part in a situation, in a family, in a work environment. Uh, It looks like you bringing your part and choosing not to withhold because there may be conflict, there may be um, a demand, a difficulty in either time or maybe even a heart posture. It's choosing instead to, um, I believe in you and I believe in what we're doing and I see you and out of that I'm managing me and I'm bringing my best self to this. It's more that idea of like, here, here is me, here's the best of me. That's great. Sam, what do you think, buddy? Uh, 
Well, I think it's pretty interesting that you wanted to do this today. Uh, <laughs> oh, why is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think we're in the category of millennials. Um, so Tana is friends with millennials. <laughs> He's saying that because I am not a millennial. <laughs> I think she's she might lot, at times be millennial by proxy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's a lot older than us, but, you know, we, we still let her ha- <laughs> still let her hang around, uh, but uh, it's it's an interesting topic for us generationally to talk about uh, because that tends to see the most breakdown in the understanding and the connection and the partnership over it uh, from what I've observed. Um, also, you could see it too with peers um, that there's a real difficulty in the expression of honor. But you, you tend to see, I think, a lot of it either misunderstood or not realized in practice in like a generational form, whether it be the grandfather generation, the father generation, or the son generation, or the mother, daughter, great or grandmother uh, expression. And I think you could see this, this breakdown take place uh, in the generations. And what I've measured in all of this it appears to be the breakdown is like this missed expectation uh, even like in my marriage, like there's ways I've learned to communicate with Jess because I know that that is how she gives and receives love. So I'm going to to find language that partners with her perception and communicate in the vein that she can receive love and honor, frankly, from me. And then I, recognizing the ways that my language, either intentionally or unintentionally, can cause a breakdown in that. And then I think when we look at it, you see this tremendous difference because of our experience, because of how we were raised a lot of times, there's a tremendous difference in like fathers and sons or mothers and daughters or grandmothers and grandsons and granddaughters. And uh, I've noticed that there's a whole lot of breakdown in language. And I think you experience some of it where somebody will want you to act differently or to serve more effectively. And they'll say like, you need to honor me. And, And then that tends to come across a little bit difficult for you. Yeah, it comes off as, no, do this because I told you to do it. And if you don't do it, then you're not honoring me. And for me, it's like, well, no, I'm, I'm not not honoring you. It's mm. just I've created boundaries. And I feel that the boundaries that I have set beforehand are something that I'm sticking my guns to. So, like, your definition of not honoring is actually me like maintaining my my boundaries and what I've set in in place. So that's when I have a difficulty of like when people say, "Well, that's that's not very honoring. You're not being very honoring." Oh, well, no, I I I didn't realize I I, I wasn't, but I'm just trying to stick to the boundary that I I've created. Let my yeses, my yeses and my noes be noes. Yeah. This is slowly turning into a therapy session for me, and I'm really excited about this. No. I just want to let everyone know. This, <laughs> this is, is really, really this good. This is a dynamic that happens whenever you sit down with Tana and I. This is very true, and I'm so glad that the, <laughs> we're going to broadcast this all over the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be but so I, fun. I think that it just bringing people into a journey and trying to find revelation and truth yeah. on it is so important because I know that there's people that are listening that – you you may not have you put the word in there of honor as being the thing of frustration and not realizing it because in our community we say the word honor uh, as a way of of trying to like describe great connection great partnership uh, it feels like we use that word a lot but in other circles that word is not used it, it may be other things like uh, o- obedience or listening mm-hmm. or uh, teamwork and things like that can be seen 
But I think that that's why I begin to speak about the, like our expectations. So what is your expectations of a leader? You know, what is my expectations of a leader, my leader or a father figure or a grandma and grandma figure, grandfather figure mm-hmm. and beginning to understand what those expectations are, what our needs for feeling great are. Uh, and then what are what we recognize are like extreme insecurities that exist in us yeah. that we get really frustrated by when somebody doesn't meet those needs in our in leadership circles. You know what I mean? So I think that no matter what circle we find ourselves in, whether it be you or any of us or anybody listening, I think we could all recognize those moments where what we expect to receive isn't delivered. And then what are we going to do from that point? You know, because we could we could we could protest. We could eliminate ourselves Mm -hmm. from the equation because we're frustrated or we're not receiving what we want. But I think there has to be a consideration over what are our options when we feel like we're not getting what we expect or desire or believe we should get in a relationship. How should we respond? Yeah, that's a good question. I think for me, this is why it goes back to what is our definition. And, you know, Samuel, you did a great job in laying out like this what we're calling honor is really a, a, it's a heart posture for me. It's a lifestyle, um, that is chosen that says like, I will give the very best of me. I will bring my best to the table. Um, and how do I conduct myself when things are going well? What does that look like? But you're also starting to get into what do I do when there's a problem, when someone else is not bringing their best, um, into the interaction, whether that's family work, um, you know, the person driving, next to you or behind you on the freeway, um, you know, a stranger in the grocery store, whatever the case may be. And uh, we do have choices that we face all of the time when our needs aren't being met or maybe our value isn't being recognized or we don't perceive our value is not being recognized. When we may feel like our hands are tied in a situation, um, what, what do we do? So if I look at the definition of honor as like, it's me bringing the best of me, me managing myself, letting my Self be powerful while also allowing that other person to be. Uh, you start to have very different interactions when that's your belief and that's the aim of your heart. Like you begin looking at like the goal here is to protect connection and. I have heard um, Danny Silk once talk about if that's like two parties holding the end of a rope, my job is to hold my end of the rope. Um, If they drop it, what do I do? You know, and if honor is bringing your best to their success, then dishonor is choosing to drop that rope. It's choosing not to bring yourself. It's not just, you know, uh, cussing someone out or, you know, blatantly being slanderous or harsh or showing up in aggression. Like we would all agree, like that's not very functional and um, that that kind of interaction isn't going to feel respectful. It's definitely not honoring, um, but a more passive and probably less talked about version, in my opinion, of dishonor is um, someone just choosing to withhold, choosing to withhold in a marriage, choosing to withhold in a friendship. That's really good. You know, choosing to withhold even in a church. Like we've got people sitting in pews who are like, I, and they may do this because they're angry. They, you know, whether it's a relationship or somebody who's a part of a church expression um, or an employee employer situation, they may withhold out of anger and do that intentionally, but they may also do that out of fear or insecurity. It's still an, an act of dishonor. And for me, the, the remedy of that is always like, I have to get back to the place where I'm looking at my power, where I'm looking at where's the best of me and am I bringing that here? Yeah. I th- yeah. And I think a lot of this, 
you can measure it in your behavior. Like uh, when I was a kid, I used to play basketball. And uh, I, I remember there was distinct times where I was really, really great. But, but there I remember the other times where I, I could recognize a failure on my part to be great. Many of the trends at that point came from when I didn't feel appreciated or I didn't feel valued on my team. Uh, I would withdraw and I would like you and I was sure. a kid, I'd go into a shell and you just kind of and then you become extremely ineffective even in your own like personal excellence regard and standard of effort and things like that. And that was just in a sport. But if you translate it over to life, you begin to recognize there's moments where when you feel like you're not being quote unquote honored, it has tremendous impact on your behavior if you're not aware and you're not choosing to kind of go against the grain almost. Like I don't feel honored, but I'm still going to choose a posture of honor for others or in an atmosphere where I may not feel honored. Because I think there's two important things about it is one, you actually may be wrong. You may be honored, but just not feeling it because of either insecurity or or brokenness in your past or maybe a, a, a painful situation that happened in that place uh, but that is majorly impacting the way you're seeing how everything's going on or two the other thing might be that uh, you you <laughs> you've got to realize that you can choose to mirror the expression of like honor around you and make that your gauge of how much honor you're going to function in or how much you're going to put in based on how much everyone else is putting in. Or you could choose a standard that's not defined around you, but is something totally invisible defined by God and saying, okay, how would you contribute in this environment? And then I think that's where you begin to see somebody taking heaven and bringing it into earth equation. So when they choose to be defined in their honor mm -hmm. posture, rather than the, the honor somebody else exercises around them, they, they choose a different posture that isn't seen around them and or at least looks for it. Do you think as a society we, um, we choose to honor things that don't need to be honored? Like what? Uh, celebrities... Uh, uh, pop culture figures, big figures, says, you know, we, oh, I got, you know, they get awards, they get these things, they go, oh, I just, I feel so honored. And it's just like, sometimes as an artist, I see that and go, but man, like, that's great. But if you take all that away, like, what are you after that? It's like, is that the goal to be honored by everyone or? Like, I think yeah. <laughs> even in that question, um, I'm hearing a description of honor that looks like uh, preferential treatment or celebration. And for me, I feel like that is an expression of honor, but that isn't honor, you know? And if we look at honor again as like showing up and bringing our very best, um, I, I feel like there probably is attention and um, celebrity and uh, value that is given to, you know, these celebrities we're talking about um, that you're mentioning, but, you know, that isn't going to touch most of our daily life. And then I don't know that there's a whole lot that we can do about giving that kind of attention or value to that. I just feel like when it comes to um, honoring in our relationships or in what it is we're valuing, where we're connecting, where we're aiming our heart, um, there are two things I feel like that make it really hard to actually do honor uh, this definition of honor. And one is it requires like a meekness. It requires like that you are controlling you. It requires uh, this controlled strength. And the other is vulnerability. So even, you know, when Samuel was talking about being a kid and on a sports team and, you know, not having that kind of celebration, uh, 
that is a really common thing that we see, you know, human beings do is choose to withdraw or isolate or, you know, find him and take my ball and go home kind of thing um, as a way of self-preservation. But it takes a great amount of vulnerability to say, I'm still going to show up. I'm still going to come. I'm still going to press in. I'm still going to bring my best. And, you know, what that may look like in a place where there's relational dysfunction, if, you know, you have a friend who, um, you know, you're feeling disconnected from, and there is a moment of disconnect in the relationship, uh, that's a huge temptation to say, fine, I'll match that. You know, I will retreat myself. I will disengage myself and I won't reach out. But, you know, honor is going to require that vulnerability of saying, no, this relationship is worth it. I'm worth giving great information about me. I'm worth others knowing me and seeing me so that I can be truly, you know, loved and connected. And that requires that kind of vulnerability to say, hey, ouch, that hurt. You know, I'm not sure what was going on with you, but this is what I experienced. And, um, you know, I think that's something that right now in this day, and age is extremely rare in relationships and it's very hard to do why is that because no uh, vulnerability is vulnerability like you're exposed you know especially when you're truly practicing it you can't control the outcome there's no control there's no guarantee of how the other person's going to respond like on your best day all you can do is just try and um be honest to you and manage you and keep yourself in that place of meekness, which is that controlled strength. So I'm not raging because I'm not getting my way. I'm not punishing. I'm not withholding love or sex or uh, presence or being connected because of, you know, someone else's choice that I may not like or have a hard time with. So I think we have a hard time practicing that kind of I'm here. I'm present, this is me, and I'm not trying to control you, and I'm giving information, and I'm still showing up, even if that doesn't give me the result I want. You, what's interesting to me about all of it is that when you bring up celebrities or we bring up a generational dynamic, I think there's a there's this discernment and this recognition over honor for men trend or honor from God trend. And the way honor from men defines your behavior and defines your insecurities, your need for that honor, it tremendously impacts your ability to receive honor from God and thus be authored and defined by God. It talks about that in the word in, in John 5, I think it is. And, and it talks about you, don't, you can't receive honor from me. Jesus was talking to him because you receive honor from men. Uh, and he's like, I received my honor from God, from Father. And then you see his pattern and his behavior was shaped by this direct line of uh, I honor and he honors me. Uh, and there was that recognition there. And then you saw it in his behavior. You saw it in his securities. You saw it in his willingness to sacrifice for others, to love others that weren't really giving him anything close to what he was giving them. Uh, and he was disproportionately lavishing love and servanthood and affection and connection on people disproportionately across the board. That's why I always find it interesting that people are like leaving relationships because the person, because the person or in their life or the people in their life, it, they describe it as it not being, uh, not being like an equal partnership. It takes two to tango. And like, you know, I can't be in this if you're not in this as well, friendships and just leaving them because there is a disparity of the amount I give versus the amount you give. And I always find it interesting that, that we would go to that place of disqualifying that relationship and connection because of your inability or their inability to, to return the measure. Uh, and I found it funny because it's, it's not even the model that Jesus set. Like all of his disciples couldn't give to the degree he gave. Nobody on earth touched the amount he could give. 
So it's, it's one of those things I think that we, we define a lot of times our posture, our willingness to give based on somebody's willingness to give to us or posture to honor us. We got to break that cycle. We got to, we got to let our honor expression, our giving, uh, expression be defined by something that Mm. isn't the person in front of us, Mm. you know, and it has to go beyond that. Uh, and you know, Jesus is like, uh, you love because I first loved you. Like that's just this dynamic. So I, I think whenever you see somebody yearning for the honor that celebrities receive, it's because they're yearning for the honor that they believe they receive from people, from man. Uh, and, and it's the same perspective you see relationally. We all got to just break the trend of needing and desiring this capacity of honor in order to define our honor and let our honor be defined by the honor that we receive from God or that we give to God. Do you think it's possible that the word honor is confused sometimes with codependency? What do you mean? Like, I have to do something for them because they did something for me so that they, I I wanna make sure that Mm -hmm. I make them feel good because they did something for me. Like, Mm. like, like like a, a debt, yeah, like a debt, mm-hmm. a debt to be paid. Do you think so? I, I think sometimes people can be. I know for me personally in my own life, I when I'm honoring some, it's literally coming out of a place like a genuine place. Like, oh man, like I I want to I want to do something for them, no matter what the outcome is. If they hate it, love it or hate it, I'm gonna do something for them because you know what they they honored they honored me. So I want to make sure that I do something for them, not for my own personal so that I feel good about myself, but that they, it's that whole honor and honors, uh, honor the prophet and you get mm-hmm. a game profits reward. That's kind of like my whole deal when I want to honor somebody is I want to do it because it's a genuine feeling for me. And I, I don't want to feel like, oh, if, if I honor them, then that's going to, that's going to make them feel good. And if they feel good, then I'll feel good. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Tana? I, well, I mean, I think <clears throat> that sounds like a quid pro quo kind of deal. Um, well, I don't do math, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, like you do for me, I do for you. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And um, it sounds like maybe at times uh, you've identified that there can be this manipulation um, or codependency even that slips in. But <clears throat> the interesting thing while I was hearing, you know, Sam just talk about like that connection to um, to God and that place of honor coming out of that place of God, I was thinking, man, you know, if we even go back to the book of Genesis and in, in the very beginning, and I've never thought about this before, it just kind of came to me. Um, we see this relationship that's pure and it's undefiled and it's like God's intention in the garden, right? Um, to have Adam and Eve just completely vulnerable and bare, you know, like they're literally walking through the garden naked and in undisturbed, undefiled communion, you know, with God. And like, that's the mark, right? Is for us to figure out how to replicate that here in earth. And then we see sin become introduced. And obviously that was like a dishonorable act. Um, Adam missed it. Eve missed it. And that act took place. And the very next thing they do is grab fig leaves and hide like they hide they hide themselves they hide that vulnerability they hide their nakedness like they're all of a sudden aware of it like they begin to see themselves differently and I was like wow we can actually even look at that as like hey here is the tremendous impact of having disconnect with God and disconnect even with self like all of a sudden they saw themselves differently and it wasn't the way they saw themselves when they had pure unhindered communion with the father like that result is really profound like to start to go back and study this is 
the immediate consequence and the immediate act of dishonor and disruption. Like that just absolutely blows my mind um, to see what that can do between us and God. And um, I think the way that we are talking honor and the language we're using, we can talk about our motive in that whether we give it, whether we withhold it, whether we want it, whether we feel like we need it or there's a deficit of it, like that idea of humanity's need could also maybe be better labeled as like worth. So because maybe I'm struggling with my worth and with seeing myself, I may be desiring honor or looking at who is getting it, who is not, where is it withheld? And I mean, that's obviously in my opinion gonna completely reveal um, you know, a heart disconnect, just like we see Adam and Eve have, you know, in the garden. And um, those are probably the places, like even for those who are listening, you know, to this, like when we have those moments to stop and realize, man, God, I need to encounter you. I need to go back into a place where I'm reestablishing connection with who I am and to have a purity of that reintroduced into my life. I found myself, and that's amazing because I'm like, finding out about myself is that I know I I have a hard time honoring and I found that out last night which is really like kind of why I wanted to talk about this today because mm-hmm. like my wife and I we were discussing uh, we plan to go out of town in a couple weeks <laughs> and <Good> um, job. <laughs> um, we're staying at a family member's house <laughs> and my wife was like hey we should do something because we're staying at at their house and it's just respectful to do that. Now I'm extremely independent when it comes to mm-hmm. like relatives. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to open your home to us. You don't have to do any of this. Like yeah, you're relatively independent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, that's just how I am. Like if you want to, cool, that's awesome. But my wife, I found that last night. First of all, she's a better person than you. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say just first and foremost, Jessica is incredibly my, kind. My wife, yes. who's also named Jessica, is an incredible person and just a better human being in general than I am. She yeah. sees the best in everybody. Yeah. That's why so we're glad that agree. yeah, that's why we're glad you married her. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so I'm sitting done. there last night and we were up I told Sam this earlier today. I was like, yeah, we were up till like 1 in the morning talking about this and it got to a point <laughs> It got to a point last night where I didn't fall asleep till like two thirty or three, oh my. and I was trying to talk to my wife, and I was like, "Well, babe, what do you think?" And she was like, uh-huh. "Let me sleep." <laughs> <She's> uh-huh. <laughs> You're still grinding over it. I'm still grinding. She's I'm tired of trying stuff. to teach wow. you. <laughs> but I wow. found myself having a hard time honoring my relatives. Wow. And I was like, hopefully oh. they're not listening to this podcast. <laughs> I, I hope they're listening to this podcast because <laughs> you're coming with the fruit basket. <laughs> I am. I apologize. <laughs> I, I find myself wanting to, you know, not necessarily not do things with them, but like, you know, just go do things on my own. And but I found through through my wife that she is uh, extremely even with her own family. My wife has been through so much with her family, yet she chooses to honor them and she chooses mm-hmm. to come out of a place of like outpouring love and support and compassion for them. Yeah. Yeah. That it looks so honoring, and I've grown up sort of independent in the realm of like, oh, they well they didn't really help here or there, so like yeah. I'm good, man. Hey. What we got going here was good. Let's keep it this way. Let's keep. Good. Let's keep the 
relationship professional, okay? Okay. Best little De Niro. <laughs> Let's keep it professional. But I like this. Isn't that interesting, though? I yeah. think that when there, where's a place of like familiarity, honor can be extremely difficult to express. Yeah. Because you see them in, in a very common way. You see them in their fullness and their vulnerability. And I think that honor could really only be expressed when you see somebody in that vulnerability and when you know somebody like that. And then you yet you choose still to have a posture of like they are precious, they're incredible and they're not common. Uh, and I think that you really can't exercise true honor until you know somebody well and then still choose yeah. that expression. And well, that's, it, yeah, it's easy. It's super easy to honor. Um, you know, a celebrity you see from afar and you admire their work. Yeah. It's super easy to honor, you know, uh, a athlete whose game you appreciate. It's super easy or to honor. Or a guest honor. speaker at your church. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Versus your own pastor. Yeah, because you don't you know see them. the familiarity and the, and the um, you know, familiarity breeds contempt. You, um, it's easy to have greater appreciation yeah. almost for them. But um, I do feel like it's important to address uh, because I, while I love love and I love honor. I also really love boundaries. And when you're talking the language of um, family and dysfunction, that's definitely something I'm extremely no. familiar with. Um, and it's been a part of my personal journey. And it's not that's not an easy one. It's one that constantly has to be done. Before you continue, Tana, I just want to let everyone know that Tana is the most amazing mother yeah. of Aww. all time. She has like 25 kids. Yeah, she, has, she, has yeah. she has chosen to bring in family. Great father. Yeah, her, her and her husband have Thank chosen you. to bring in Bert kids in their home and raise them up right and she has done I'm not even kidding she's done an incredible job with her family and she still continues to do so. Yeah, it's Thank good you. stuff. And you also do a great Bert impression. <laughs> I do, you man. Guys. I do. It's great. That's, that's Careful, him. she closes her eyes, she might think it's Bert. Trying to be Bert. Are you it's making okay. tuna casserole later? Because I'll go catch you some tuna. I'm a way Come on, Bert. <laughs> way better cook. Welcome to the podcast, bud. Yeah, way better cook than tuna. Sorry, I totally casserole. cut you off. But you're yeah. talking about your family. I, I just was saying, um, you know, walking that line um, as individuals pursuing both the heart of God and, you know, his expression in your life, which uh, allows for health is not easy. And um, what does it look like to have boundaries? Like this is an important thing. And I don't feel like those are exclusive. And for those on a journey, first looking into health or first looking into boundaries or first looking into honor, like sometimes that gets really confusing. And I definitely want to make sure, you know, that I'm being responsible to say, um, you know, that boundaries are necessary. They protect healthy relationships. You put them at a place where um, you're allowing room for wherever there is able to be function. And you put them up as soon as that function crosses into dysfunction, uh, in my opinion. So I don't, I don't, I just want to make sure people hear um, that having a boundary does not mean that you are being dishonorable. Um, and yes. yeah, right. Um, you know, you have to work that out. Like the goal should always be like, I'm protecting this relationship. I'm protecting my heart. I'm protecting my ability to connect to this, to this person. And this boundary is empowering that, you know, whereas opposed to like, if you're dysfunctional, 
dimensional. You're like, I just want distance. And I am building, you know, a wall the size of the wall of China. Yeah. You know, I am building a giant wall to keep that scary person on the other side, far away from me. And, you know, that doesn't look like that. So, I mean, I've had to work this out and still continue to work this out in my own family. And I mean, I don't claim to be an expert, but I definitely will say I have a lot of experience. Um, I am not short on that opportunity, but this verse, because I just feel like, um, you know, when we're talking about the posture of the heart and pursuing, especially the hard things, like we want to look at what did Jesus do? Like, what does God have to say on the matter? And in Psalm 84, 11, he says, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor and no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Like in that scripture, we're seeing God set a boundary. No good thing will I withhold from those who walk uprightly. He didn't say no good thing do I withhold. I will give liberty to all. Like there, there's a measurement of God even demonstrating like for the good. And this isn't because he's angry or withholding. This is because he's protecting function. You know, he's protecting heart posture and connection and wanting to set things up, you know, successfully. So... Um, I think that that's not an easy thing to work out. And I have had great pastoral care, great friends, um, great counseling that has been in, you know, a part of my journey in this way. Anybody elsewhere, you're like, I can understand that language. I just encourage you to make sure that you have um, those items in in your life. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I was with my son the other day, and then I know we probably got to wrap up here, but I was with my son the other day. And uh, we were putting him to bed and we, we kind of practiced love and logic stuff, mm-hmm. partially, probably some version of a hybrid love and logic. Awesome. Uh, you know, you give them options based on their age and stuff. So we'll, you could either this or that, you know, kind of a vibe. Uh, but he's actually begun to reciprocate the vibe and give us as their parents <laughs> Smart options. Boy. Yeah. So we'll give him options and then he'll look at us and he'll hold up two fingers, but he can't do it without his other hand. So he holds down his other three fingers with his hand <laughs> and he looks at us and he puts up his eyebrows, you know, like a very parenting thing. And he goes, two options. That's amazing. He honors me by just, you know, taking on my behavior and my yeah. pattern. And uh, so it's pretty amazing, though. I, I think that all of this language, there's this great desire to be in connection. Uh, and if we choose to learn the language that other people carry uh, that affirms, connects, and builds greater connection, I think we're on the right path. And measuring that it's okay for you to be aware of the ways that they're damaging connection and try and communicate that in a calm, loving, prayerful manner. Uh, And then understanding too, when there are breakdowns that you don't have to bleed yourself out in a relationship, but that you can create boundary, healthy boundary, and you can consult really amazing people, books, media about mm-hmm. that topic yeah, because Tana, it's a very involved one. Tina, what are some, uh, what's some references that they go to as far as getting more knowledgeable on what honor looks like? Where some books or yeah, some Matthew, things? Mark, Luke, John, <laughs> yeah, Acts, <laughs> Romans. Um, Danny Silk is great. He's got, you know, loving on purpose. Uh, With the last name like Silk, you know he's got to be smooth. Kylo Revolution. He's fantastic. He's got podcasts. You can go to YouTube. He's got books. He's great. Brene Brown does some really fantastic things on vulnerability. Donald Um, Trump has a good one on it. (laughs) It's perfect. It's the most you'll ever. I'm telling you, I'm the best when it comes to honor, okay? There's no one better than me. He's great with boundaries. He wants to build walls. (laughs) No, he said we're not building walls. 
This is what it is. I'm excellent about Billions and billions and billions of boundaries. We've had like two guests on here. We've had Bert on here. We've had Donald. Oh, no, we've had De Niro, too. We've had like three extra guests. Little De Niro. That's awesome. Well, I want to thank you guys for hanging out with me today. Yeah, in this good job, Thanks Anna. for letting me come share. Yeah, yeah. you're never back coming back. So um, <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Well, we don't honor Sam. Um, want to thank you guys once again for doing this therapy session with me. Um, I've grown so much. I know that we're out of time. You could pay the secretary on the way out. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what you buy your family member. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you should subs- get him one of those subscribe fruit to things. <laughs> a subscription yeah. invite. You guys get a free subscription of this podcast. <laughs> oh wait, part two. <laughs> but uh, once uh, thrice again, I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for talking about this. Um, if you guys want to listen to this again, I highly suggest that you do listen to some of our old podcasts that we have. But while you're here subscribe if you haven't and if you have rate and review this really helps us out a ton so that we can get our message across to thousands yeah, hundreds everybody, everybody. If, if you don't subscribe you don't honor us so oh my <laughs> <laughs> there we go yep you don't honor us no that's not true kind of listen rate and review subscribe we're on itunes spotify show. we're on youtube right Andrew? yeah come on we're on youtube you can't see us but you can sure hear us so we want to thank you once again um for joining us on the mountain and we will catch you guys next time we'll see you later